welcome to Oh Frick. My name's Allie. And I'm Lyra. And today we're going to be talking about a, another missing persons case. Because apparently I'm on a kick for that. <laughs> well, sometimes it'd be like that. Um, so today we're going to be talking about Dorothy Jane Scott. Um, does that name ring a bell or at all? No? Okay, that's fine. Um, so let's talk about her a little bit. So Dorothy Jane Scott was born on April 23rd, 1948 mm-hmm. in McKeesport, Pennsylvania. I mm-hmm. think that's how you say that. Um, she was a single 32-year-old mother to her four-year-old son, Sean. Some places uh, say that the son's name is Shanti, though, like a Shanti without the A in the front. Oh, it's Shanti? Yeah. Shanti. But other places say it's just Sean, like S-H-A-W-N. I mean, I feel like sometimes when it's an older case, you just run into typos or like true, very true. But um, I think like somebody that. showed like an ancestry.com thing that showed it was Shanti. Oh. But then like other articles say it's Sean. That just makes me think of Sean T from like Sean T last name begins with T. He's a personal trainer. I have no idea who you're talking about. P90X related. Never heard of her. I'm sure I've seen the infomercials. I was going to say, I don't expect you to, you to have. <laughs> but anyways, Dorothy, 32-year-old mother, has a four-year-old son, Sean. I'm going to just say Sean. It's easier for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that she took care of um, with the help of her parents in Stanton, California, which is super close to Anaheim. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like minutes away. Not minutes away, but like, you know, super close. Yeah. You, you, you could drive there like every day, mm-hmm. which is, is exactly what she did. Um, Also to know, Sean's dad, so um, Dorothy's former boyfriend, um, was no longer in the picture. Um, His name was Dennis Terry, but he's not really integral to the story. Um, He actually was in Missouri. Mm -hmm. So he's like far removed from his uh, previous, well, his child and former girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Um, Really didn't want to take care of a child, I guess. Another side note. This one is just kind of funny. Um, I I was reading one article and it had basically all the information like somewhat correct. Instead of saying that he he went back home to Missouri, they put mass Massory. It's M A S O U R I, which apparently this is a neighborhood in Greece. And oh. for for a second, I was just like, wow, he really didn't want to be around his kid. <laughs> He was like, get that thing away yeah. from me. But no, well, I, it was just a typo. I think, I think they were British and they thought mastery because Greece is closer to them instead of Missouri, the state. Anyways, that's my little tangent. I was going to say, is Missouri one of those words? It's like Arkansas where it's not spelt how it's pronounced. Missouri. Is it M-I-S? M-I-S. Oh, okay. No, M-I-S-S-O. Okay, for a second I thought it was M O S, but it was, it was no. <laughs> okay, Maybe. Arkansas. Look at Arkansas and tell me it's not. It's Why not. is this one Arkansas and this one not Kansas? <laughs> Kansas and Arkansas. I, know. <laughs> I got that. Kansas. I <laughs> Explain it to me, America. Anyways, um, like I said, Dorothy, mm-hmm. right next to Anaheim. Yes. 
So she actually worked two full-time jobs as an office secretary to the Swingers Psych Shop and Custom John's Head Shop in Anaheim. So she was making this drive like every single day. Super close. The side note, I took down what both of these were because like these these sound like sus names. So the Swinger Shop is a psychedelic shop. So they sold things like beads, lava lamps, um, just kind of like, you know, more like spiritual sick kind of things you know mm-hmm. you know the crowd yeah um and then right next door to it was uh custom john's head shop which was where they got their little paraphernalia <laughs> to smoke things out of oh, yeah i don't know why and apparently they're called head shops oh why are they called head i don't know wait it's because of how it affects your head probably Makes i don't know sense. i Listen, I just got the basic rundown of why it was called a headshot from Wikipedia. And I was like, I'm going to run with it. It's on Wikipedia. They verify some of these things, at least to the bare minimum of what it's supposed to mean. It's good. Um, But yeah, that's the two shops that she worked at. They were Mm -hmm. owned by the same person and they were right next to each other. So she technically worked at the same place, but like it was two different businesses still. You feel? Headshot. And I thought something dirty. Or I thought they did hair. Like a like like a barbershop? So instead yeah, of like was, a hair salon, like that it's a head was the shop? Thing I thought. The like first a, thing I thought barber? was something dirty. You're not getting head there. A head shop. You're not getting head, head there. No. 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 Um, another thing to know is that the swinger shop was formerly owned by her dad. Mm-hmm. Um he retired though and he gave it to um new management. Um, but he was still around. He was still, like, uh, working for both of the businesses, just as kind of, like, a handyman. Um, yeah. And I know what you're thinking. Based on those jobs, what's she like? Is she is she kind of, you know, like, pothead? Maybe she's super spiritualistic or spiritualism, into spiritualism? I mean, there's nothing well, wrong with that. Well, no, I would assume she's just a girl who found a job whatever first job i mean her dad owned one of these shops yeah or that she just like because her dad owned them that she was working she just worked there i mean she was also the secretary so she's not like front of the house the vibes Mm -hmm. basically um and yeah you're right um she was a devout christian and was described by friends and coworkers as a kind-hearted quiet woman Mm -hmm. she didn't do she didn't drink she didn't do any drugs and she just kind of loved staying at home to like dote on her son and that was it again we all like different things mm-hmm. to me that sounds boring but you do you girl um on the same note as me one of her coworkers described her as just like a conscientious worker and she was just super nice to be around mm-hmm. um she really loved going to church and another one of her friends was actually quoted as saying that her life was as dull as a phone book Again, she has a very mundane life, but she liked it. I mean, the phone book's interesting if you like looking up weird people's names or like how weird people's names are. I've never done that in my life before. Oh. I've only used the phone book to like, well, not even like an actual physical phone book, but like the online ones to like see if I can identify Uh, who's calling me because I I don't pick up the phone. But no, I used to go through the, when we get them, I would just open it and look at people's names. Or like and look at the names that. of businesses. Never have you that. ever? Okay. Have I ever read? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Have you ever actually had to use a physical phone book to look up a phone number? 
I have not. I have. It sucks. I, I'm sure. Because isn't it like alphabetical and then like. Not just that. There's a lot of names and but shit. But like, let's say there's three John Smiths. You don't know which John Smith is the one you're looking. Well, some people put their middle initial, but some it's just like they just have the first name, last name. Mm-hmm. And so you just have to hope that yeah, if it's John, John Smith, Smith is you're going to have like 20 for. of them. Yeah. 20 plus. <laughs> yeah, I've never had to do that. I'm sure it's probably awful if you like are using a well not anymore because we don't really have them around Mm -hmm. but when you had to use like phone booths you only have a limited amount of money better hope you have (laughs) you better hope you find john smith real fast well and then i had to the reason i used the phone book was i had i was trying to look at my friend's phone number because i forgot it so i had to know the name of my friend's dad Mm-hmm. Because that's the name that's registered in the phone book to the line. It was a journey. I'm sure. I would have just given up and been like, I'm just going to ask her tomorrow. True. I, I'm just, it's too much effort. It's too much effort. <clears throat> so yeah, she has a really pretty mundane life, but she's she likes it. You know, she's living a pretty good life. She has her son. She has family that supports her. And she has a solid job, too, to help uh, support her and her, her son. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we're going to kind of jump into events leading up to her disappearance. Mm-hmm. So in the early months of 1980, Dorothy began receiving phone calls from an unknown man at home and to her workplace. So the phone calls was, would switch from declaring their love to her to threatening to take her life. Um, regardless, all the, uh, calls kind of had a main thread that this man was always watching Dorothy. So he would, you know, tell her like, I love you, or I'm going to kill you. He would tell her, this is what you're wearing today. This is where you've been like all these different things, which is like crazy and terrifying. And all the while Dorothy is receiving these phone calls, she knows that she's, she's heard the voice before. It sounds mm-hmm. familiar to her, but she can pinpoint she can't pinpoint who that caller is. So it's very vague in her mind. And she keeps getting these phone calls and they're continuing continuing to get progressively more menacing. So on one phone call, uh, the man told Dorothy to go outside because he had left her a present. Again, like this man clearly knows where she's is and everything about her life and he's showing up there so that's not surprising but it's still terrifying Mm -hmm. so dorothy's hesitant about it but i think you know curiosity and just kind of wanting to comply with whatever this guy who kind of knows what the where the hell you are all the time she she goes outside and like um checks stuff so she went outside and on the windshield of her car, she finds a dead rose. I would be so uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, I mean, I feel like it'd still be creepy, but it'd be a lot less creepy if it was like a live rose or like a freshly cut rose. Dead rose just kind of, again, with all his threats, it's kind of worse. Yes. were you here were we working together when this happened to me not this specifically but um when at our old job Mm -hmm. 
um, I went out to my car. I opened it and there was a note on my like driver's seat. Mind you, my car was locked. I I locked it when I left to go to work that morning. I came back. It was still locked and there was a note on my driver's seat and it was a love note. I never got anything after that, but like I was freaked the hell out. I was just like, who the hell did this? I don't think we were working together when that happened because I would remember that. <laughs> or I don't know if we weren't cool like that. I, when you got I, it. I, I think we were cool by that. No, I think it was after you had left already. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think so it was yeah, after. Yeah. Me. Well, yeah, that, that happened. Yeah, you didn't tell me. No. <laughs> I, you listen, I just tried to forget it. I would have nothing said, else. If happened. you would have told me, I would have said, quit now. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I need to pay for my kids <laughs> to go to college. Uh, my cats need to go to college. What did the, the notes say? Did you keep the note first off? Um, I might still have it. I keep a lot of random shit. I kept it. Um, but it, it had something to do with like your eyes hold the stars or something like that. It genuinely, if somebody had like hand delivered it to me, I would have thought it was really cute. Considering it was just left on my driver's seat, no. Um. Also, I have really dark eyes. <laughs> So I'm like, what does that mean? Do you think? Do I think? I don't think. Okay, if you were flirting with someone at the time, do you think they would have had the capability to do that? I was not flirting with anybody at the time. I had like maybe two people pinpointed that I was like, it might be them, but I don't think it's them because mm-hmm. they're not being they're they're not creepy. They they were never that creepy. And again, like it stopped after like one time. Mm-hmm. They would. I feel like they would have tried to have like bring it up or done something else. Did you get my note? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, also, I do want to say all my uh, windows were up. Well, I would figure because if you threw it in through a through a like window, yeah. But you know how like some people leave it cracked open like a little bit more so you can maybe like reach your fingers well, in no, there but and like flick it. A, there's a difference between like if it was placed there gingerly, like mm-hmm. all nice, like versus just chucking it through the window it might have been ended up on the floor in between the door true 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 so they but got into your just, car somehow they yeah basically it's, that's just what i'm trying to get at is like my car was completely secured because it wasn't like at the front of the store that we were working at <laughs> we had to park away from it so well was it parked oh so it wasn't parked in the front part like in front of the office store um no it was like uh, the opposite side of that Oh, so it was in the backpack next to that creepy fence? Maybe. We'll discuss this later. I don't want to out where we used to work. Well, that's why I'm using general terms. I know, but I don't know what that means. There's just that fence with the green. I don't remember what it looks like back um, then. It's not chicken. It's not chicken wire. It's like tarp. The tarp where the loading dock was. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. Okay, okay. That's where I thought. No, no, no. Uh, uh, still, like, in the front, but, like, towards the very back. Uh, yeah. Oh, I know where you're talking yeah, yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, people could see me walk from my car to to work. And walk back. And walk back to my car. Imagine. Oh, my God. Imagine. You're, you're just, like, you find the note. Like, okay, they watch you go into mm-hmm. work, right? And then you walk back. And they're, what if they were watching, like, from afar like yes she's finding my note like they waited for you to go on break 
<laughs> Honestly, that would be so disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> in, like, in, uh, five years, in five years, you're going to get a Polaroid of you me like, looking at the note. <laughs> um, I had tinted windows, so I don't think they would have seen me. <laughs> well, you opening the door of the car. I guess, but yeah, open the door to get in the car. No, I just I just phased through my car door. Beam uh, me up, Scott. Damn. I wish I could do that. Sometimes it's a struggle getting into my car now. I'm old. Anyways, point being, um, getting a note or any kind of gift that you're not expecting and having it be kind of personalized to you, weird, creepy, hate it, disgusting, well, jail. That's, that's also... Uh... Because I see my car as an extension of my space. Yeah, I mean, it's like entering my home, basically. Yeah, so it's like... It's locked for a reason. Violating my car in any way, shape, or form, it's like... Ugh. Yeah. No time for... Yeah. And I mean, it just kind of gets worse for Dorothy. Oh, um, no. Yeah. So she keeps getting phone calls. It's still progressing. Um, and the man's just getting worse. He, at one point, told Dorothy that he planned to cut her up into little pieces and that she would just never be found. Yeah, no, this man, like, literally is, like, flip-flopping. Like, he loves her and he also wants to fucking kill her. Like, I don't understand him in the least bit. Sometimes I wonder. Because you know how there's that that, that uh, sensation of when you see something really cute but you want to, like, murder it like yeah you want to squeeze it to death or whatever and i had heard it explained as like you get so much serotonin Mm -hmm. that your brain is trying to balance it out and that's why you get that oh it's so cute i want to like squish it or like i want to just squeeze it you're like i heard that your body's trying to like suppress that sudden rush of serotonin see that's the part that i don't get about that like i find things really cute but I've never had the well, I've had the urge to like kind of squeeze it like a cute little kitten. I want to give it a little a little squish to like to its like little pudgy tummy yeah. and like whatever. But not I. Anytime that people say like it's so cute, I want to squish it to death, or something like along, along those lines. I don't I don't know the mm-hmm. phrasing. Um, do they actually mean that? Like they want no, they I, they would I, like crush it basically. No, I think some people don't actually mean it. But with this guy, I'm wondering if like. It's That's that extreme. The two, like the two extremes. It's like he's getting so much serotonin or whatever thinking about her, but then he's like, oh, like his body's trying to balance it and be like, oh, well, I want to murder her. Maybe. So, like, cases like that, I'm just like, what if this is that phenomenon? I mean, that makes sense. Extreme? But, like, again, like, I don't understand that whole thing that people describe because I don't understand where the actual line is and what, what people are like saying literally and not literally. Yeah. <laughs> sarcastically maybe uh, so yeah dorothy's kind of just reacting like um any regular person would be um and just you know freaking out because like she's getting all these threats she's out a stalker like he's threatening to kill her um do a lot of things it's nasty um so she takes uh the initiative and she actually starts going to self-defense karate classes um she also at one point i believe um her friend said that she was considering buying a handgun as well, which is kind of wild for California. Um, but she didn't like the idea because she didn't want to get a gun and have it in the same area as her son, which again, like great gun control right here. Wow. 
love it. We love to see it. Um, she could have also just gotten a safe. Um, yeah, but then like she has to open the safe to like defend herself. That's true. I think with being actively like stalked and having all these threats, you probably wouldn't want to have it locked up just in case, or at least you would have want to have it a little bit more easily accessible. Not with a four-year-old son, (laughs) but yeah. So yeah, Um, let's go to May 28th, 1980. Dorothy, going out on about her life like normal. She's been doing that this entire time, by the way. She's getting all these phone calls. She's still just vibing, living her life, going to church, going to work, coming back home, staying at home because she's a homebody. Um, But on this specific day, she was getting Sean ready Um, to drop him off at her parents' house in Anaheim so that she could go to work for a meeting. Mm -hmm. Um, This meeting was supposed to be held after the workday, and it was supposed to include, like, a lot of the employees. At this meeting, she noticed that one of her co-workers, um, Conrad Bostrin, um, that he didn't look well, and he had a red mark on his uh, arm, and it was swelling, and it kind of just looked like this really big rash. Um, because of all that kind of stuff, she Dorothy offered to take Conrad to a hospital to get that checked out because he just really wasn't looking too good. He wasn't looking too hot. Uh, when Dorothy suggested taking Conrad to the hospital, uh, another coworker, Pam Head, offered to join her to take Conrad to the emergency room at UCI Medical Center in mm-hmm. Irvine. Mm-hmm. So before heading to the hospital... Dorothy wanted to go drop off by her parents' house to just let just to let them know that um, she was going to the hospital with her coworkers and that she would be late on picking up Sean. Um, and also to note, this is before, before the times of cell phones, mm-hmm. <laughs> so she had to like physically drop by and say something, or use a landline to call people. Um, while she was at her parents' house, she did change from a black scarf to a red scarf. Um, to take Conrad to the hospital. It's an important note. Okay. So the three of them drive and they arrive at the hospital and Conrad's evaluated. And it just turns out that he got bit by a black widow. Spiders are gross. So no matter what, I'm going to say like, that's awful. Knock on wood. I've never, I've seen black widows. Mm-hmm. Me too. Up until a certain point in my teens, I thought black widows weren't native to California. Weren't native? Yeah. Oh. I thought they didn't exist here. And then I found out they did. And so I was scared of seeing one. Mm-hmm. And then I've seen a lot lately, especially in Southern California. Northern it, California, spring. I never saw that. But down It's warm. Down That's here, why. I see so many, but I still have yet to get bit by one. I haven't bit. been bit by one. I think it's a lot less common than people think it is like i'm sure what is it that doesn't doesn't australia have like a whole bunch of like bigger critters they don't i I don't think you hear about people dying because they get bit by one of their spiders all the time right Mm -hmm. well we just see how gross and like big they are and we're like ah i never want to move there because it sounds awful well also i feel like they are poisonous, and it is urgent that you go to urgent care. To get that one. You want to hear something wild? What? Somebody told me that if you get bit by a spider, it's not urgent. You'll live. doesn't matter what kind of spider it is. You'll live. 
It does matter. It, it does, does matter. matter. <laughs> I know. Like I a brown can't. recluse, my uncle almost lost his, his finger. finger. Yeah. But like black widows, I feel like people say, like, oh, they're so poisonous. But they're actually not. They're more of a risk to small animals or yeah. old people or they're, children. They have very dainty like appendages, right? Yes, they do. That itself just tells me like that probably can't kill me. They can get fat though. Yeah, I know. They, they, they call it fatty. one as big as like... Oh, God. As your cup? <laughs> the top of my Starbucks cup. Not sponsored. <laughs> Sponsor a Starbucks. I would love that. Uh, I mean, you would. <laughs> I would love that so much. Yeah. I don't know. I, is that even a fear for us? Cause I, I'm Getting not bit by a spider? A Black Widow, specifically. Oh. I don't think so. Yes. Like, I don't want to get bit regardless, but like if okay, it... Okay, imagine you're was, sleeping. Okay. And you just feel a little, little crawling on your legs. And so, also there's so, pain associated with that crawling when you try to go like, go away. Oh no. <laughs> it's coming. No. And then you're just like, the pain associated with that. And then you're just like, oh my God, I just got bit. And now like, you have like a, a welt on your leg. And it's like, it is painful to get bit by them. I'm sure I'd be screaming because um, it probably hurts. Um, or scorpions. I didn't know we had scorpions, too. We do have scorpions, yeah. Do you remember? Okay. Oh, actually, I think you left work again, like, <laughs> where we worked together. Um, Everything have, exciting happened after I left. Well, I had to leave. Our old boss. Uh, honestly, I get that. Me, too. Um, our old boss. Remember how she bought a house? Yes. With her husband, her yes. new husband. Yes. Um, she would tell us, like, well, yeah, she would she have would to cut us- off, like, yeah. Oh, wait, no, it wasn't scorpions. It was rattlesnakes. Oh. <laughs> was well, that, too. I didn't know there were so many damn rattlesnakes. I thought we were living in the sweet spot. I would watch all these nature documentaries and stuff, and I was like, dang, I'm really lucky. I live in California, and none of this shit's here. No, it's all here. We just don't go outside. So the three of them go back to, oh, wait, no, we had the whole conversation about black widows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We were rudely interrupted by my dog barking. Just being a dog. At noises outside the front door. It's fine. Everything's fine. But anyways, the three of them went to the hospital. Conrad uh, gets chucked over, and it turns out he's been bitten by a black widow spider. Mm-hmm. We're not afraid of no ghosts, except for you are. I'm afraid of spiders, okay? I mean, I don't like them. Though I do find them fascinating, but that's a conversation for another day. We can just have a whole spider episode. Yes. <laughs> National Geographic. I over literally here. could. I cannot. I don't want to look at a spider that long. I will rent a tarantula. And that's fine. I actually don't mind tarantulas. Anyways, he got bit by a black widow. <laughs> I know we're gonna go off on another tangent. <laughs> here we go. Uh, and the doctors treated Conrad. He's yeah. good. Um, they gave him a prescription that he had to go collect from the pharmacy mm-hmm. uh, on his way out. So Can everything everything's good. I know. It's, it's a weird name. Um, but yeah, crisis averted. We're good. Conrad lives to see another day. Yay, Conrad. Yay. Now, remember how I said that they um, left work towards the end of the week, uh, work day, not the weekday, the work day. Um, and then, you know. Conrad had his little emergency. They went to the emergency room. What do we know about emergency rooms? They take for fucking ever to get they do. They checked out. Okay, but I bet it doesn't take 
it took less time then versus now? I don't know. <laughs> I can't tell you. I wasn't alive then. I said them then. <laughs> um, but yeah, all this time passes. It's now 11 p.m. when Conrad's released. Um, during um, this time, Dorothy still noticed that Conrad wasn't doing too hot still. He was still a little bit weak on his like, legs. Um, so she thought, I'm going to go get the car, bring it around so that he can just hop in it rather than go to the car park. Mm-hmm. And then get in the car because you know how those car parks are. I don't know if you've been to UCI, their emergency room. No, I have. Not for an emergency. I was in, just around there in Irvine. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was just around there. I didn't have an emergency. You went to the emergency room, or you were just? Like, I was around there. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were just in the general. Yes, vicinity. that's what I kept saying. Oh. Um, well, but it, it's a pain in the like... ass. Basically, is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's. it's genuinely really nice thing for her to do just Mm -hmm. to pull up the car um before she did that though dorothy wanted to go to the bathroom uh and then go to get her car um during this time pam and conrad go to the pharmacy to collect the prescription that he needs to get Mm -hmm. um, and then wait for um, the car to pull up so they do that they're waiting in the front um they're waiting for a a good amount of time um, to the point where they do get fed up and they start um, walking towards the car park to see if they could find Dorothy and her car and just, you know, get on their way because they're tired, they're done, they want to go home. Um, but when they approached the car park, so like they started walking over there, mm-hmm. they approached it, they saw a vehicle hurli- hurtling towards them at like a really fast speed. That was dorothy's station wagon mm-hmm. they however could not see who was behind the wheel because the high beams were on it was nighttime so they basically got blinded and they couldn't see who was actually there mm-hmm. but the car is hurtling towards them goes around them and then just speeds off basically at this point all they can think is just Maybe Dorothy had something urgent come up and she needed to go. So, like, something something may have happened to Sean, to her parents, um, and she just needed to, like, get the heck out of Dodge. Um, so, Conrad and Pam decide that, like, no biggie. We're just going to, you know, wait around for a little bit longer, see if, like, you know. I actually don't know what they were thinking on this part. But they stayed at the hospital for, like, another two hours. Before they called Jacob and Vera, which are Dorothy's parents. Um, And they called them to see if Dorothy was there with them, if Mm -hmm. something had come up. Mm -hmm. I waited two hours. I do. Um, She wasn't. Uh, They hadn't actually seen Dorothy the entire time after she had called um, in from the hospital. Uh, I'm not called in from the hospital, um, popped in to um, tell them that she was going to be late home. And it's at this point that Pam decides that she needs to call the police and make a report that Dorothy's missing. Yeah. Kind of weird, honestly. Um, The part that always throws me off is that, like, they they were tired. They were fed up with, like, you know waiting around the hospital 
So they go to find the person that has a car. They drive right past them. They think it's an emergency. Okay, you know, maybe call cab instead. Um, But they wait around the hospital for two hours. Mind you, Anaheim, where they work, is like 30 minutes away from mm-hmm. UCI Medical Center. So in the time that all that happened, they could have gone back to their workplace, got in their cars, and gone home. And, I mean, good on them for being concerned about, like, hey, maybe we should call the parents and see what's up. Just make sure that Dorothy's okay. Mm. Uh, and then she's got her shit together or whatever. But no, it's just waiting around for two hours at a hospital. Mm-hmm. Again, probably tired. Probably have work tomorrow. Yeah. Those are my thoughts. Well. No, there were cab companies back then. Yeah, there were cab companies. They could have gone. Yeah, they for sure could have gotten public an Uber. transportation. Public transportation. None. They could have. They were. They were at the hospital. I, yeah, I said Uber wasn't around, but they still could get a ride. <laughs> oh, I thought you said they could have gotten an Uber. And I was no, like, I said so they mean. couldn't have gotten an Uber. <laughs> but they were at a hospital. They could have asked to make a phone call too. And I'm sure hospitals back then had cab drivers like oh, yeah. waiting in front of them yeah, purposely, no, I, so they would. Isn't it like a normal thing for like airports and? hospitals and like Mm -hmm. other hotels to be able to like call up a cab service yeah yeah so like there's really no issue there i mean do you want to pay cab prices i wouldn't but (laughs) were they waiting because the doctor might have prescribed him something no they had already picked up the prescription yeah so So in the time that in the the time that dorothy like went to the bathroom went to the car park pam and i'm just gonna i always want to call him cameron um God, what is his name? Holy shit. I'm sorry, are you from the other side of the country or like a different country? Me? Calling it a car park. Car park. It's a parking lot. I Listen, I am also the one who has said uh, car parking lot or home parking lot for a driveway. Home parking lot. Home parking lot. Um, so just, English is not my first language and sometimes I'm stupid. Well, I... I want to say the UK says car park. Car park. Car park. I say car park. Because what else do you call it? A parking lot. It could. Well, if it's like a building structure, I say car. (laughs) No, I say car park. (laughs) Garage. It's the garage. Is it a garage? Yeah. Parking garage. I don't think I've ever called it a parking garage. Where have you? And you're born here. No, I was born here. I was born this way, baby. I was just gonna side note when we first met. I thought you were born in Mexico. I'm literally the whitest Mex- Mexican American <laughs> no. out there, but yeah, sure. I know the now. whitest whitewashed one now. <laughs> or if I knew back then what I know now, I wouldn't have thought that. <laughs> the fact, the fact. No, I'm it's not born in Mexico. You cannot see my birth certificate. We're not making I this an Obama thing. <laughs> Anyways, they could have called a cab. They could have called a cab. They could have called family to go pick them up. There were so many ways that they... They were not stranded without a phone, without a car or anything. What year is this? Is it 80 what? This is 1980. On the dot. Oh. I was going to say, 
If it was 84, they would have had pagers. So they could page somebody. <laughs> oh, my God. Did a lot of people have pagers? Because I don't think they did. I don't think a lot of people did. No, it was like a businessman. Yeah, they're not businessmen. They work They work at, job. I was about to call them conscious shops, but like related to those. <clears throat> Anyways, um, a few hours later. We're talking about like 4.30 a.m. So we went from 11 p.m. to 4.30 a.m. next morning. 10 miles from UC Irvine Medical Center, where Dorothy was last seen, was her station wagon. It was discovered in an alleyway. It had just been dumped there and then set on fire. Her belongings were in there, but she, her body, was not there. On June 4th, so a week after Dorothy went missing, her parents receive a phone call from a male caller who just says, I've got her. And from then on, for four years straight, this person would call every Wednesday afternoon to just taunt the family. He would change the story sometimes. So sometimes he would say that he had killed her. Sometimes he would say that he, that she was alive and he was just holding her captive. Mm -hmm. But regardless, on the dot, every Wednesday for four years, he called and just gave them some kind of report on Dorothy. Change their phone number. Or just really good answer. question, or but if answer. you're trying to find a missing person, you probably want to try to get that person to keep talking and trace the phone call. I don't know. I'm imagining if he really wants to talk to someone about it, right? Mm-hmm. And like, let's say the family's not answering. Who's the next person he would probably start taunting and calling? It would be probably the detectives. I feel like that would be too much of a risk because, again, like they already had technology to be able to like trace phone calls. Yeah. Um. I think next best bet would maybe be the workplace. Cause he already ha- he already was calling there. Yeah. Um Or what if he couldn't call the workplace because someone would have recognized his voice? Interesting theory. Interesting theory. Um But yeah, I I, I mentioned this briefly. Let's 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 put a pin in that thought real quick, okay? We'll we'll, we'll circle back to it. Look at this business lingo I'm using. <laughs> I'm a corporate girly, and we come full circle. Yep. <laughs> um, but like I said, um, the police were aware of everything that had been happening. The report was made and everything. Um, they had actually installed a voice recorder onto their phone to see if they could, you know, um, just one record the voice and two they wanted to see if they could track um whoever this was but every single time that the phone was picked up it was by dorothy's mom vera and every single time that they would get a phone call it would be too brief for them to ever trace anything and that's again they're not the only ones receiving a phone call there's one other place that I got a phone call. So because the family was super frustrated with the pol- with what they thought that the police wasn't doing enough, which, I mean, when are they ever? Not, you know, stabbing. Stabbing. Fuck the police or anything. 
Um, but they got really frustrated with the police. They thought they weren't doing enough. Um, so they decided to go to a, uh, newspaper and have them release an article. Um, after the article was printed on June 12th, um, the Orange County Register, which was the uh, paper, um, received a phone call of their own. So they were also being told that she was still alive. She was dead, all that stuff. Um, the police said that the caller was most certainly responsible for Dorothy's disappearance um, because he had revealed details in the call that were not known to the public. So remember how he said, like, put a pin in the scarf thing? Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly what he told the police. Well, not the police, but like, you know, the paper. Um, he had told the newspaper that on that day, Dorothy had changed from a black scarf to a red scarf. So he specifically knew that that had happened. Um, again, this has like a lot. This shows that he 100% was like following her, at least on the drive there or in the hospital. He'd been there. He'd been there. Um, again, terrifying. Um, the caller also told the editor that he had killed Dorothy and gave his reasoning as she was my love. I caught her cheating with another man. She denied having someone else, and I killed her. I think he thought that Conrad was her boyfriend. That's my theory here. Maybe. Yeah. I again, like again, like one hundred percent. Like he was most likely there because he knew about that scarf change. He was probably following her from work to her parents' house to the hospital so he knew about that he didn't have to be in the house or whatever um and again like she's driving this man to the hospital i i don't understand why he didn't see pam there too and didn't think something else but like he saw a man there maybe he was just blinded by that and maybe he confronted her in the parking lot and that's what happened you know you know she's gone after that but that's just my own little speculation for now Um, so her parents actually disputed the claims of the caller. Um, he, not he, um, the parents did say that they didn't believe that, um, Dorothy was dating anybody. Again, she was like a super homebody. Like she went to work, she came home, she went to church. That was basically it. She didn't really go out like ever. And I'm just like, wow, what does it feel like to do that? Well, she also has a child. It's true. Yeah, she has to take care of her child. Um, but yeah, so probably just a delusional fuckhead. So the calls, like I said, continued on for four years. Um, on April 1984, though, Jacob, Dorothy's father, answered the phone. The caller hung up without saying anything, and he didn't call back for another four months. Mm-hmm. So this is where... Your little theory on, like, why he didn't call the store um, kind of gets brought up again. Um, A lot of people think that the reason that he didn't say – the caller didn't say anything on the phone to Jacob's – to Jacob, the dad, uh, was probably because 
dad would have recognized the voice a lot more than Dorothy would have Mm -hmm. because the dad was around this person way more. And again, I think that supports why he didn't call the store either. It's because those employees probably knew him too. Because this is a retired man who knows who Dorothy, who also knows, I'm sorry, this is, Jacob is a retired man. Mm-hmm. And the caller knows who Jacob is. He also knows who Dorothy is. If her only link is really just going to work and church, aside from like her home where her parents are, you can assume it's going to be one of those two things. Mm-hmm. If he's not calling um, the stores, also kind of suspicious because, like, they might actually recognize his voice if she's not there to pick up the phone calls mm-hmm. and, like, hear all his creepy messages. Sus. It's very sus. sus. I also wonder if it was um, a regular customer. I don't think it's that one. I think it's somebody that, like, worked with her rather than a customer because she's the secretary she's like doing office work mm-hmm. she's not really handling customers um i mean they might see her when she like comes in but and and i highly doubt that my other theory is it could be like a um a delivery driver maybe but i always wondered with stocking cases like how do they have so much time to follow someone all day? And then just like part of stalking is like they have to. Well, some people, I'm sure. Um, like, let's say the person following Dorothy follows her to work. They have to wait for her until she gets off work. Unless like there's the pattern of what time she gets off work so they can dip and come back. I mean, if he's followed her around enough, he probably knows her patterns. Mm-hmm. If he, like, Yeah. Just stalkers in general, they would have to follow them in the beginning long enough to know, like, oh, this is their pattern to establish the pattern. But then they still, like, that's how much time just following someone. Um, on that note, I mean, have you ever been, like, super obsessed with something to the point, like, that it's, like, the only thing that you focus on outside of, like, school, work, all that stuff? Well, I have OCD, so, like, Yes, I'm obsessive <laughs> over something. <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of that. And it reminds me a lot of like, God, I'm going to shit on a community that can, like <laughs> that goes absolutely feral. I love this community, by the way. Um, K-pop stands. Uh, they yeah, somehow yeah. know like everything about like their favorite idol. And it's just mm-hmm. like, I don't understand how they have time for that, but it happens. There's so many people who do it. So it's definitely plausible. I can't tell you how well they do it at work or at school or whatever but it's very much plausible. So yeah, we'll touch on that a little bit more. Um, So that was April of 1984. We're going to fast forward more, and now it's August 6th, 1984. There's some construction work happening in Northeast Anaheim. And a construction worker comes across a set of bones just off of the Santa Santa Canyon Road. Um, these are partial remains. Um, they are a human skull, a pelvis, two thigh bones, and an arm. Um, on top of this, they're like literally on top of these bones. Mm-hmm. Um, there are also skeletal remains of a dog on top of it. 
Um, I'm not 100% sure if the dog bones were also scorched, but for sure the human bones had um, signs that they had been burnt. Mm-hmm. Um, from just seeing that, um, investigators were able to determine that this wasn't from an attempt to burn the body. Um, rather that it was probably as a result of a brush fire that happened in October of 1982. Um, so it kind of gave the police a general idea of how long these bones had been there. So approximately two years, maybe longer, yeah. that they had been dumped there. Um, at the scene, they also recovered a turquoise ring and a lady's watch, um, along with the remains. And both of those items were thought to have been linked to Dorothy Jane Scott. The watch was broken, but it left one clue. Um, It had stopped working at 12.30 a.m. on May 29th, 1980. So that would have been like an hour and a half after Dorothy was last seen. Mm -hmm. Um. Unfortunately, the cause of death, um, just because, again, partial remains, um, bones have been scorched, um, they weren't able to determine any kind of cause of death. Mm -hmm. They were, however, able to use the dental records um, from the body to determine that it was Dorothy Jane Scott. Again, we're in 1984. Remember how I said the car stopped calling for like four months in April? Mm-hmm. Guess who's back? Back again. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, so this is two days after the body was confirmed to be that of Dorothy. Mm-hmm. The caller called back. He's asked, is Dorothy there? Yeah, and he just continued on with that. It wasn't as frequent as like before where it was like every Wednesday on the dot, every afternoon or whatever. But he was still calling back and asking, is Dorothy there? Um, so yeah, at this point, they had no leads on who was her abductor. Mm-hmm. Um, and their first thought was the obvious suspect, the um, ex-partner, the ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um did I ever say his name? His name is Dennis Terry. No, Mr. But no, yeah. no. I had so much trouble typing out his name that I think I forgot to put it in in the beginning. I kept writing Terry Davidson. <laughs> um, but his name's Dennis Terry. Um, he was, again, like a resident of Missouri. He was originally from there. Mm-hmm. Um, he had moved back there. Um, but police were able to uh, show that he was in California um, during the days prior to Dorothy's abduction. Mm-hmm. Um, phone records, though, confirmed that he was back in Missouri by the time that Dorothy went missing. So mm-hmm. he was eliminated as a suspect. Um, again, there's no leads on, like, who actually did it. Um, we talked a little bit about, like, who pro- potentially could have done it. I think we talked about um, somebody that knew Dorothy and Jacob um, so somebody that worked with Jacob. Um, the other theory is that Conrad and Pam were the ones who assisted or kidnapped uh, Dorothy. That one I'm not really on board with, um, just because they would have had to have planned to have Conrad get bitten by a black widow, 
take him to UCI Medical Center, and then arrange for that person who was obsessed with her or one of them, if it was them, to abduct her and then burn her car, mm-hmm. but still have her body. But what if what if they were trying to make a plan to kidnap Dorothy? This would be like far reaching, far reaching. I, I think it's just too much. It's too much like of a ragtag like, like solution. Coincidentally, Conrad got bit, and he would. They were like, "Oh, let's use this as an excuse." But <laughs> yeah, again, but neither of would, neither of them have their cars. They're in UCI, yeah, or not UCI. They're in Irvine. It, it's only thirty minutes away from where they were, but like mm-hmm. they didn't bring their cars. They all went in Dorothy's car. In the span of like, I'm just gonna say midnight um is when she left left um dorothy left like the area between 12 a.m and 4 p.m they technically would have enough time to like basically go home grab their car or go to their workplace grab their car and then like bring it over so that they could abduct or take dorothy somewhere else dump her car set it on fire and then do all that stuff but that seems so convoluted Mm -hmm. it just seems like so poorly planned yeah Yeah. again like it would have to be like a spur of the moment thing i wouldn't do it but then again i'm fucking lazy (laughs) um but yeah i i noted that like it was kind of weird that like they waited two hours for dorothy even though they knew well they thought that she had an emergency or something had happened that she needed to get out of there Uh, that and then after that they call her parents well, they also and then they make a police report immediately after that. Uh, I don't know how they called if one of them knew her parents' phone number, but they also could have gone to the workplace and then just called Dorothy's emergency contact and said, "Hey, we're not in the hospital anymore. It's it's, it's midnight though." Oh, shit. so yeah, they can't call the workplace. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, not call the workplace, get to the workplace to oh, call her emergency, gotcha. if they had emergency contacts on file, mm-hmm. call her emergency contact. Well, like I said, Jacob was um, around the workplace already, so they already knew him. They were actually familiar oh, wait, with each why other. Do I, think, I keep thinking this is like a, <laughs> I don't know why I keep thinking this is like in an office, like she was an, an office, office worker. Office. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like no. the office space yeah. of a more relaxed retail well, so Operation. then they would know the father to be able to call him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. It, it kind of threw me off when I read, like, she was a secretary for these two shops. And I was like, why would they need a secretary? Okay, and I was like, then. it's more like she's just, like, the one who files paperwork. He's like an office she manager more. secretary, HR, bookkeeper. Everything. Because yeah, it's a small business. Office stuff she probably did. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I tried to look in to see if I could find more things about those two specifically. Couldn't find anything. Also didn't look that hard. Um, But it it was never brought up that anybody in the workplace was suspected or that they were questioned further, anything like that. To me, it just kind of sounds like the police didn't like even think that her coworkers would do this. Um, Which, I mean, I don't think that they would because, again, like this seems like a really convoluted scheme to like abduct somebody mm-hmm. and what reason would they have yeah um i also mentioned that potentially it could have been like a delivery driver and yeah. that's why like maybe she only vaguely recognized the voice um 
because like we used to work at the same place remember like we would check in certain people some of our delivery drivers would be the same people each mm-hmm. time you, you could probably rec- pick up their voice if you like were rounding a corner certain ones yeah yeah um i think if, if it was in a work setting i'd definitely be able to pick up on it um if she's getting these phone calls at work sometimes it it might just again like trigger that whole thing like you're in the familiar environment you're used to hearing that voice but like you can't put the the face to the name to the voice i'm sorry (laughs) face to the voice um that one kind of seems weird to me though because it's i don't know i don't know how obsessions work so maybe it maybe could happen but I don't put all my eggs in that basket. Um, there was one interesting um, lead that uh, was mentioned. So there's a blogger out there that kind of documented everything that kind of happened. And they supposedly talked to Dorothy's son, Sean. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that Sean believed that... The person responsible for the abduction and murder of his mother was this man named um, Mike Butler. Um, unfortunately, there's not a lot of evidence that could actually like substantiate that. So it's again a theory. Allegedly, we don't even know if this guy, if this blogger, even talked to Sean specifically. Um, he could have just made it all up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was believed that. Mike knew Dorothy's schedule uh, and knew exactly what she was wearing most days. He also noted that his sister also worked with Dorothy. So she could have been feeding him all this information as well. Um, This is one that I'm like shaky on. There's some sources that say he used to be the former owner of custom custom John's head shop. So the, shop that like she was less at but still was like connected to Mm -hmm. um which some some sources say that he was some say that he wasn't he was just uh working at an auto shop like down the street from there yeah um so i have no idea what's what's going on there um but sean had said that it seemed like he had been obsessed with dorothy um and he was rumored to be pretty unstable, potentially participating in cult activities, which that just to okay. me sounds like people are being nutty about him. Like he's an eccentric fellow. Maybe he is a little bit obsessive. But like, I, I think people just pin something on him because he's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's the one that's mostly considered to be the most suspicious in all of this. Um just because, like, people think that he was obsessed with uh, her mm-hmm. and that he was just, like, really erratic and unstable. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on a couple of those series? Mm. Well, did he say... Well, oh, wait, no. He did say that. Um, I don't know. I definitely think it was someone connected to the shops because it had to be to be able to, like, know her so much mm-hmm. and have that contact with her yeah because i don't know how often like a stalker just sees a random person on the street and is like that one i'm gonna start stalking <laughs> that one it's I more like a, a guy or woman who encounters someone wants them like as a like co-worker. a romantic interest mm-hmm. 
but and they don't know how to approach it. And yes, they do it in the worst way possible. Start, they just start um, stalking them. Mm-hmm. My theory is, because I don't, I don't even know if I like the Mike Butler one. I think it's again like, I don't even think it's a coworker exactly like i don't think it was any of like the front like retail workers or anything Mm -hmm. or anybody that worked in the back or like delivery drivers Mm -hmm. my theory and i i couldn't find any information on this so again like it's me just throwing something completely into the dark is that it was the new owner that took over both shops so the custom john one and also the swingers shop that dorothy's dad had previously owned Because um, Jacob, her dad, had worked still at those shops as a handyman. He still encountered the owner, the new owner, all the time. He would have a lot of interactions with them. They would know each other's voices and everything. And this new owner would have enough time to basically just sit around and watch her and, like, give her all these calls. He has a time. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sorry, like, a lot of business owners – um don't do a lot of work um they they just kind of leave it to the employees and they'll come in do their own thing well that's why you hire people so you don't have to work exactly um and that's not to say like that's always your schedule my boss is incredibly busy but we're also a small company <laughs> i the amount of times i have to just walk into his office and be like are you busy and he gives me a look i'm like i know you're busy i need time <laughs> Um, but it's like stores like that though, because mm-hmm. there's a difference between like you guys, your current um, corporate corporation is like it's a growing corporation. So mm-hmm. there is like the owner is going to be a little bit busier because you guys are growing and expanding. True. A small shop like this, it's like you only get so much customers at a time, and like if you hired let's say two cashiers for the shift like Mm -hmm. you don't need to be there yeah and if dory is taking care of all like the hr bookkeeping all that stuff or even like you don't have to worry about that like so an owner for small shops don't really need to be like as hands-on true 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 anyways that's my theory is that it was probably the new owner but i can find anything on that unless it's supposed to be mike but again like there's weird information on there that he's the former a former owner of um the cu- the custom head shop i don't know what that i don't like that name custom john's head shop um of that but that he worked at an auto shop instead and all this stuff and i'm just like i don't even know i don't even know i don't even know if i want to take into account that people said like he's crazy cult activities scary Anyways, on a last note, I do want to talk about a little bit of um, Dorothy. So, she is, her remains were buried at Forest Lawn Memorial Parks. So, Jim Scott at her um, funeral did let people know that Dorothy lives. Um, He said, he, maybe not in in this body, but she lives. Um... He noted that, to me, she exemplified the word give. 
She'd just give and give and give, no matter what it cost her. She spent her last hours giving and being concerned about others, which she did show. Um, he also told everybody that Dorothy had no material wealth, but was super rich um, in love and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim said that we've buried it, the grief specifically. Um, now we're going to start living like people ought to. We know that's what Dorothy would have wanted, mm-hmm. which great sentiment. Um, sadly, again, like this is just a missing person's case, an unsolved mystery. Um, Jacob Scott, so Dorothy's dad, passed away in 1994 and mm-hmm. Vera in 2002. Um, both of them never got resolution for what happened to Dorothy. Um, and again, Sean is her only remaining um family member to know about her mother about his mother mm-hmm. that was a downer ending but you know very sad yeah but i mean she she technically was found now it's just a cold case yeah and at least her remains were found in her her she was able family to be was able to buried. be buried yeah bury her true true very sad very very sad and we just don't give people creepy phone calls. Don't. Also, if honey, you like someone, just go talk to them. Please. If you get rejected, just take it for what it's worth. And, and don't keep texting them. Move on. Every day on your, their phone and on Instagram and any other platform that you guys are both on. Oh, I'm not don't. looking at Allie right now or anything. Well, I was about to say, don't be that coworker that <laughs> messages on if we're talking about the same person. Yes. I hope they don't listen to this. I hope they do because what they did was inappropriate. Um, but this guy would just call me, text me. If I didn't answer those, Instagram call me, then Facebook call me, then message me on Snapchat, then call me on Snapchat, then try to call me again. And then he would just continue to do so until I answered him. And then if I didn't answer him at all, at work the next day he would go why didn't you answer my call last night I wanted to talk to you so yeah don't do that because that's not attractive it doesn't matter what gender you are like it's not it's not it yeah these are the baby steps to getting to where we got today um don't be that guy don't be that girl this is a call up post for your guy specifically Allie um yeah be better than that cause no also please do better when it comes to stalkers cause they don't do shit until something actually happens. I know. Alert somebody. Yeah. Life alert. Anyways, that's all you got for you today. Uh, I'm a little sad now. I'm all hungry too. Oh, thank you guys so much for listening. And we will see you next time. Or you can follow us on our social medias. I remembered. I remembered. Um, that would be on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Pod. Or Ofric Podcast. Yep. But yeah, we'll see you next time. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye.